The Two Covenants, The Double Blessed, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. In Luke chapter 22, verses 19 through 20, it says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. When Jesus spoke, his disciples, the twelve, did not ask what he meant by his statement. This indicates they fully understood what he meant. Then Jesus said, John chapter 6, verses 53 through 54. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Still, his disciples understood and didn't argue or question like many of the others did. You see, they already knew he was the Son of God that would give his life, and they also understood blood covenants. If you study primitive religions, you will find all people from ancient times practiced blood covenants. Even today you can read where it is still in use in Africa, India, China, etc. The Hebrew word for covenant means to cut. It suggests an incision from which blood flows. So communion is based upon something they well understood. Let me explain further the reasons men cut covenant with each other, and it will help our understanding of what Passover and communion really means to us today. A. If a strong tribe lived by a weaker tribe, and there was danger of the weaker being destroyed, the weaker would seek to cut covenant with the stronger, so they could be preserved. B. If two parties entered into a business partnership, they would cut covenant to ensure neither would take advantage of the other. C. They exchanged gifts. This was to symbolize that all one party had belonged to the other, if they had a need. How it is done. An incision is made in the first party's wrist, and his blood is dripped into a cup of wine. The second party then allows an incision to be cut in his wrist, and his blood is dripped into the same cup of wine. The cup is stirred, the bloods are mixed, and the cup is handed to each to drink. Many times after this they put their incisions together, so their blood mingles, or they will touch their tongues to each other's wounds. Now they are true blood brothers. This covenant between men is very rarely broken, no matter what the provocation. It is, and always has been, totally sacred. If broken, the offender was many times killed by his own family, as they cursed the very ground he walked on. The covenant was so respected that children to the third and fourth generation revered it and kept it. The vilest enemies became trusted friends if the covenant is cut. In other words, it was a perpetual covenant, indissoluble, and could not be annulled. Another important feature of the covenant was that this was almost always officiated by a priest of some kind. This priest would speak horrible curses that were to come on anyone that broke covenant. This is much like Deuteronomy chapter 27, 
where we find the blessings and curses of those that kept or broke the covenant God made at Sinai with Israel after delivering them from Egypt. The Abrahamic Covenant This was God's irrevocable pledge made to not only Abraham, but to his descendants as well. This covenant was forever. God swore this covenant into being by his own being. Genesis chapter 15 verse 12 says, Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, a horror and great darkness fell upon him. Genesis chapter 15 verses 17 through 18, And it came to pass, when the sun went down, and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, covenant with God and each other. There was no government or law, however, at the time of Abraham, so God established the law and priesthood, or government, through Moses. Old Israel broke the laws, disobeyed, and doubted the priesthood. Lawlessness and Korah were the spirits of the day, so they lost their covenant position with God, and he divorced Israel. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8 Then I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. But the covenant was still irrevocable. The promise is sure. God had a plan. Who would benefit from the promises if man so disappointed the Lord? God had a plan. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 6 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Also in verse 11 it says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. How would He do this? Jesus allowed Himself to be the sacrifice. Or we could say it this way, God allowed Himself to be sacrificed through Jesus to reestablish the right to the promises of the Abrahamic covenant for those who would enter into the new covenant with Jesus as a born-again creature. This is why correct baptism is so important. We must first repent for our former life, then cut all soul ties to Adam, because we do not want to be like them anymore. We want to be pleasing to God and blessed. In other words, we must sacrifice our Adamic life, led by the enemy through our soul man, to die in the grave of baptism, entering into the death of Jesus to be resurrected a new creature. The water of baptism represents the living waters of truth that destroys the lies of Satan and the knowledge chosen in the garden by Adam and Eve. He is the Word 
that replaces the knowledge from the tree of good and evil in the new creature's life. Jesus turns the water into wine, symbolized by his first miracle at John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now let us read Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So, Christ's life, or Christ's blood, is in the wine that Jesus made from the baptism water. We therefore actually are born blood kin. His blood brothers and sisters at baptism, and all is sealed and then kept in remembrance through communion. We do not want to break covenant to become as Adam, cursed and disfellowshipped again. By experiencing the new covenant, we become eligible to receive the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant because we, as new creatures in Christ, are Abraham's seed and his heirs. In the new covenant also, we are given the legal right as children of God, as his family, to use his name. We also have the legal right to this earth and dominion over all on it health and the prosperity promised by the Abrahamic covenant as well. Satan has stolen this truth from us. We can't have the faith to act if we are unaware of the promises. The right to the covenant is not entirely because of our faith, however, or our works, nor even our belief, but it is our legal right through the rebirth. Galatians chapter 3 verses 27 through 29 for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Side note, again I want to remind you, even if we are baptized and born again, if we go back to the Adamic ways, we will die spiritually, again just like Adam and Eve, and be forever cursed and rejected. We lose the rights of God's family. Jesus made possible entrance to the kingdom as a new creature, an heir to all that is His, on the cross for us. As we begin to really comprehend who and what we are as new creatures, our love for God and appreciation gratitude and love for what God has provided will grow as well. In closing, as the covenant of Christ gave us new life and made us Abraham's seed, his kin, the Abrahamic covenant bound Abraham and his descendants by indissoluble ties to God, and it bound God to Abraham and his descendants by the same solemn covenant. We are double blessed by these two covenants. God had a plan and purpose all along. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 In Him, our Passover Lamb, also we have obtained an inheritance. We are God's family and heirs as His children. Being predestined, Father planned this long ago, according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Here is the heart of our Father. Psalm chapter 89 Verse 34 says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips.